Hey everyone, I hope you're all doing well. We are almost at the end of our series entitled The Big Objections. And in this series, we've been considering some of the big common objections that people tend to have regarding the Christian faith. Now, we've been looking at whether uh, we can uh, know God actually exists, whether uh, um, whether or not a, a loving and all-powerful God can allow evil to exist in the world. And we've even looked at the claim that Christianity is just a bunch of hypocrites. And I hope that this has been a blessing uh, for each and every one of you. I've said at the outset of this series that I hope that this series will strengthen the faith of those who are Christians and that it will help answer uh, the many doubts uh, for people who are non-Christians and, and uh, things that they may struggle with. Now, I also hope that we'll remember that we said at the outset of this series that there are two types of doubts or objections. There are those that are genuine doubts and concerns of people who genuinely will benefit from a biblical response uh, to the questions and struggles that they may have. But then there are also the smoke smokescreen objections and questions that come from people who are aren't really interested in a biblical response. These are people who are either looking to provoke um, or they're looking to hide or mask the real reason that they object from uh, uh, object from Christianity, uh, which is oftentimes more of an emotional uh, objection. Now, as as a Christian. Uh, it is a wonderful opportunity to help a genuine seeker overcome various obstacles. But it is foolish and fruitless uh, to waste your time trying to help someone overcome an objection that they don't really have. That's really just that smokescreen. If you sense that someone isn't genuine in their questions and objections, it's better for you and ultimately for them as well to simply avoid uh, engaging in those kind of conversations with them uh, until God softens their heart and moves them to a place where they are genuinely seeking uh, what the Bible says about certain things. It's best just, just to have uh, uh, a more casual conversation with them rather than diving into some of these more uh, deeper issues. Now, with that said, let's turn our attention this week uh, to the topic of unanswered prayers. Now, throughout history, People have struggled with the idea of prayer and more specifically, unanswered prayers. Now, uh, they've asked questions, how can God turn a deaf ear to a mother who maybe is pouring her heart out and pouring her tears out on behalf of a child who is dying of cancer? Right now, many of you uh, know of the Taliban who have <clears throat> taken over Afghanistan. Now, I just read a news article about Afghani Christians who are worried and praying for protection as they face persecution and the prospect that many of their sons and daughters will be taken from them, uh, either to fight in the Taliban army or to be given into forced marriages. Uh, and there are many <clears throat> parents, Christian parents in Afghanistan who are praying uh, but not all of those prayers will be answer, answered with protection. Now, I don't mean to make light of any of this, uh, and this is very serious and deeply, uh, and a deeply felt concern uh, and obstacle for both Christians and non-Christians. You know, we need to ask the question, does prayer matter? Does God really hear every prayer? And if he does hear every prayer, why do some of the most important and heartfelt prayers go unanswered or unheeded. Now, we need to figure out how we answer a lot of those questions, especially in light of certain biblical passages. For instance, 
Mark 11 verse 24 says, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Now, many would look at this passage, and many have looked at this passage, and see it as almost a prosperity gospel, a name it and claim it. You ask it, as long as you have enough faith or the right kind of faith, then whatever you ask will be yours. Is that what this passage teaches? And if so, why do so many people uh, not have the answered uh, prayers that they ask for? Again, we see in 1 John 5, verses 14 through 15, it says, and this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we asked from uh, of him. Now, these verses seem to indicate that God has promised to answer our prayers. So are these verses wrong? Well, as a Christian, I believe that God's word is never wrong. It's infallible, it's inerrant, and it's the perfect guide for our life. But I also can't deny that I've seen many times and I've experienced many times where I and others have, have prayed uh, and, uh, and the answer that we sought never ended up coming, or at least not in the way that we thought it would. So we need to think very carefully uh, through what we may be overlooking and how we're approaching this idea of prayer and more specifically unanswered prayer. Now first, let's clarify what prayer is because I'm convinced that this is a major problem for both Christians and non-Christians. There is a popular assumption and default for most people to think of prayer and treat prayer as some kind of divine request form. You probably fill out um, the request with all the standard phrases and words, sprinkling a little bit of prayer, and then you send it off, and hopefully you get a reply back in three to five business days. Now, uh, if this doesn't work, then we often assume that prayer, our prayers went unanswered, that God didn't hear them, or maybe there was some kind of sin or problem in our own life that caused it to not be answered. But we need to understand that this is not the purpose of prayer. We cannot use prayer in ways that God never intended it to be used and, and expect God to bless it. So, uh, the question that we need to be asking is, what is prayer and how is it supposed to be used? Now, to answer that question, we need to go all the way back to why God created us as humans to begin with. If you think back to God's creation of Adam and Eve in the garden, you'll remember that he created them in his image. And according to Genesis 2, he walked with them in the cool of the evening. Now, we also know, according to Genesis 1 through 3, that Adam and Eve are constantly referred to as being innocent, which can also be translated as naive, basically meaning that they were like children that needed to be taught and needed to mature. Now, we see that they tried to fast track this maturity and this knowledge by eating of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But that's not how God wanted them to learn to grow and to mature. I believe that God wanted them to fellowship with him as they walk in the cool of the evening throughout the garden and that he would teach them. He would teach them and guide them into maturity as children of God. He didn't want them to just gain this knowledge very quickly uh, through the tree of knowledge of good Enable. He wanted them to gain it through a relationship with him. Now, some of you may be wondering what this has to do with prayer, and I would say it has to do with everything with prayer. Um, you see, we, we tend to treat prayer kind of like the tree of the knowledge of good and evil as a fast track to getting what we want. We want our difficult situations to be resolved now, so we pray. 
We want our needs provided for now, and so we ask God to meet those needs. But God is more interested in our relationship with Him than He is with just answering our specific prayers today. Instead of just throwing blessings and provisions at us, He wants us to walk with Him and to talk with Him. Now, don't miss this. Prayer is more about your relationship with God than it is about your need, uh, getting your needs met by God. Let me say that again because I really don't want you to miss out on this. This is the purpose of prayer. Prayer is about your relationship with God than it is more about your getting your needs met by God. Now, I'm not saying that your needs and your prayer requests are unimportant or that God isn't concerned with them. Many of them are very important, and God is concerned about the things that are weighing on your heart and mind. But even if all your requests were answered today, there would be new ones tomorrow. What's vastly more important is who you are and how your relationship with God is. Now, this means that for many of us, we need to shift our entire perspective on prayer. For far too many people, uh, we use prayer as a list of things that we need or want, but focus very little on our actual relationship with God. This is seen in the fact that many people, their uh, for many people, their prayers are almost entirely comprised of asking something from God with little to no time thanking and praising God or simply just listening to God and what he wants to, to tell us. Now imagine a child who never spoke to their dad unless it was to ask something from him. They never said good morning or asked how his day was. They never, they never shared with them what they had done throughout the day or what they were excited about. Instead, nearly all of their interactions were about getting something from him. Now, how do you think that father would feel? What do you think? Uh, what would you think about that child and how strong do you think their relationship would be? Now, I personally, I think the father would be deeply hurt and feel used. I think that they would, um, I know I would see that child uh, as being very immature and probably too focused on themselves. And I think their relationship obviously would not be very strong, or at least not as strong as it could be. Now, the same logic holds true of our relationship with God. Of course, this does depend on how long we've been believers. You know, a small child is expected to be uh, more demanding and self-focused than an older child, or at least hopefully so. In the same way, most new believers are probably going to be somewhat spiritually mature and still somewhat focused on themselves. But the longer that you're a child of God, hopefully the more mature you become and the more selfless you ought to be. And this should also be reflected in your prayers. So now that we have a better understanding of what prayer is supposed to be, we're still left with the question of unanswered prayers, especially in light of the passages that seem to indicate that God's going to answer our prayers whenever we ask him of things. Now, if you've listened to me long enough, hopefully you know that it's vitally important for us not um, to look at passages um, outside or divorced from the context. We need to look at passages not only in their immediate context of the verses that are surrounding it, but also in context of all of the rest of Scripture. Now, when we do this, when we look at Scripture, especially as it pertains to prayer, in the context of the rest of Scripture, we see that there are some important prerequisites to prayer. One of the most notable ones is that our prayers need to align with and submit to the will of God. For instance, consider the following verses. 
1 John 5, verses 14 through 15 say this. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we ask of him. Again, you see here that the confidence that we have is that when we ask something according to the will of God, he hears us. And if he hears us, he will grant things again according to to his will. We also see in John 14 verses 13 through 14, it says, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. I, If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Again, you see him mentioned numerous times asking something in his name. And we also see that when we ask in his name, he will do these things so that are for the purpose of the Son uh, or the Father being glorified in the Son. And so, we see here that there are some prerequisites to uh, seeing prayers answered in the way that we ask, namely that we ask in God's name, which basically is another way of saying asking according to his will for the purpose of God being glorified, not just our needs being met. And then we also see in John 16 verses 23 through 24, it says, and in that day you will, uh, you will ask me nothing. Uh, more assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask, the Father, in my name, I will give you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive that your joy may be full. Again, this is all in context of asking in God's name, um, asking according to his will. And, of course, we can look to Jesus in his own prayers, where he prayed in the garden just before his crucifixion. He said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me, but here's the catch. Here's the catchphrase. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. Even Jesus, the Son of God, prayed not according to His own will. He didn't want to drink of that cup. He didn't want to be crucified, but He submitted Himself to the will of God. And if Jesus needed to submit Himself to God's will, we need to submit ourselves to God's will as well. So, in context, Scripture teaches that God answers prayers according to his will. And when we think about it, this makes perfect sense. God, uh, um, Good parents don't promise to give their kids anything they ask as long as they ask for it. That would obviously be disastrous. In fact, a good parent will often say either no or not right now because they know what's best for their children far better than their children know what's best for them. In much the same way, God knows what we need far better than we do, and he answers our requests Accordingly, Now, I personally believe God does, in fact, answer every single prayer, just not always in the way that we want or expect. Sometimes he says yes, sometimes he says no, and sometimes he says not right now or maybe I have something better planned for you. Just hold on a second. But in all of those ways, God has, in fact, answered prayer. A successful prayer is not measured by whether we get what we've asked for, but whether we've drawn close to God and we submit to the answer that he gives us. Now, I know that there are many heartbreaking stories of people uh, praying for things, important needs, and still being disappointed when God doesn't seem to have stepped in. I completely sympathize with those hurts, those disappointments, and confusion that can be experienced in moments like that. I'm not claiming to understand why God answers prayers the way he does. I, and I'm not sure that any answer that I would give or a suggestion uh, of why God would answer would even really alleviate the hurt and the pain that you may feel. 
But I do want to encourage you not to wet, not to walk away from God or to object to the truths of Christianity just because of a, of a feeling that you have. Children do not always understand or appreciate the decisions and the responses of their of their parents to certain requests, but they are far better off trusting and submitting to the love and the guidance of their parents all the same. And so I would encourage you trust in the love and the guidance of your heavenly Father as he responds to your various prayers and requests. Now, that's going to bring us to a close this week. If this is something that is really uh, weighing on your heart, something that you really want to dig deep into and understand better what prayer is and how God answers certain prayers, I would really encourage you to read a phenomenal book that I just love. I've read it several times on prayer. It really is not only uh, good writing, but it's solid material. And that is Philip Yancey's book, Prayer. Uh, in there, he goes through all different types of prayers. He goes through the different responses that God has with prayer. And it is one of the top resources on this subject that I would recommend to you. Now, I hope you all enjoy the rest of your week. I hope you stay healthy, stay safe. Until next week, take care and God bless.